On the first day of Christmas, Darren Aronofsky gave to me a lot of trauma and more tears. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ride Home Podcast. My name is Abby. Hey, guys, it's Caitlin. We are recording from home, surrounded by animals, because we <laughs> <laughs> we had to go to a movie theater that was like 45 minutes away from our house, mm -hmm. um, and by the time the movie got out, we were just emotionally wrecked and exhausted Ooh. and traumatized, yeah. so we were just like, you know what, we're going to record this one Let's tomorrow. Just take a little beat. At one point during the movie, I looked over at Caitlin just to kind of see if she was liking it. And all I saw was just a traumatized human being. Like your <laughs> eyes were <laughs> so wide. I was just vacant yeah. inside. We saw Darren Aronofsky's The Whale last night. Uh -huh. um, it is the return of Brendan Fraser, Woo! who is arguably the most wonderful childhood actor mm -hmm. of our lives um george of the jungle yeah. the mummy yeah just everything that he did was so wonderful and classic and it was so nice to have him back on the big screen yeah i don't really know his full story but i do know that he had some traumatic issues with people in hollywood interesting i, I forget okay. the the details with it but He's had a, a long struggle back into the spotlight. Mm -hmm. And from all I've read and all I've seen about him, he's a wonderful human being. So we are very happy to see him yeah. back. And, and we're sorry to hear about your trauma. I know. And what a way to come back with a movie that he is now getting like serious Oscar buzz. Yeah. It also stars Sadie Sink, who we, we know from Stranger Things. And we love her. We love her. And Hung Chow, who mm -hmm. we actually just recently saw in The Menu, who yes. we also love. So this cast was... A treat. Yeah. An absolute treat. <laughs> and a surprise guest from... Ty Simpkins, who if you said that name to me, I would say, no, who the hell yeah, is that? Right. <laughs> but upon Googling, I realized that he is the kid from all the Insidious movies. Now, did you recognize him? Like, a is little that bit. Because you, you seemed like when you saw that, you were like, oh, him. A like, little bit I did. Like his, something about his eyes, uh -huh. like I recognized. And then when I looked it up and I saw he was in all the Insidious movies, I was yeah. like, oh, it's him. Oh, wow. It is him. Yeah. But he's 21. That's crazy. So, like, he's not a little kid anymore. Right. He's clearly not being stalked by demons. <laughs> right. I mean, figuratively. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Truly. The demons still haunt the him. The demons to this still day. haunt Poor Ty. We're sorry. <laughs> um, as always, I'm going to read a quick synopsis from Google that is non spoiler. And then a little bit later on in the podcast, we'll go into a spoiler section of the review. Okay. So the synopsis is an obese and reclusive English teacher tries to reconnect with his estranged daughter for one last chance at redemption. Short and sweet. And that's it. That's all she wrote. Darren Aronofsky is basically known for traumatizing his viewers. Mm -hmm. He's the director of... Requiem for a Dream and Black Swan, um, Mother, which Mother was one of the more traumatizing movies I think I've ever seen. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's just say he continues that 
path with he this does. one. But I will say that I think it was a little more heartfelt than I think we've seen yes. from him in the past. And it was a little toned down on like the dramatics as far yeah. as some of the little tricks and trinkets. trinkets one might you say. Because <laughs> um, a lot of those movies you just named are a little more obscure. And this wasn't really obscure. It was no. just plain old drama. Yep. Like <laughs> humanity and drama. Yeah. In a movie. Now I have to ask because it's always my first question is even though it was traumatizing to watch, mm -hmm. not fresh out of the theater, but a day later mm -hmm. after you've processed that trauma, <laughs> um, what are your thoughts and feelings about The Whale? I thought it was really good. Uh -huh. I disassociated through much of it mm -hmm. um, because it was heavy heavy hard to watch uh -huh. at times just took an emotional toll mm -hmm. on me for sure but that being said i thought it was an excellent movie yeah um, a film if you will a film and really the biggest thing that stuck out to me in this movie was the acting yeah all across the board everyone was great everyone it? was great it was a very small cast mm -hmm. so they kind of had to be yeah um there wasn't really a single extra mm -mm. or anything like that i mean there was no background players that everyone was really in the foreground yeah and it was all on the same set it was mm -hmm. all everything takes place inside brendan Fraser's apartment mm -hmm. which i thought was a really cool um aspect to it i yeah. do know that this was a play yes and the screenwriter is the playwright so oh, they adapted okay. they adapted their own play to be for film which you can tell just I was right gonna away. say you could absolutely tell that this is a play it yeah. kind of at times felt like we were watching a play mm -hmm. um which I thought was cool honestly yeah. like it could very I could very easily see it as a like a stage play right um so that makes sense but yeah I mean I really liked it it was extremely brutal I felt yeah. like as far as emotions go but really, really, really blown away by the acting in this movie. Brendan Fraser became his character. Mm -hmm. Like he became Charlie. And it was so interesting because we've seen the trailers. We've seen the promotional materials. So sure. we're not shocked to see him in the fat suit that he's mm -hmm. wearing. And so I initially was like, oh, yeah, like Brendan Fraser. But very quickly, you just like put that aside and mm -hmm. it's just Charlie. And it's just this character. And I thought his performance was deeply complex and mm -hmm. layered. And I mean, he deserves every ounce of like the Oscar attention that oh, he's getting. Sure. And it's so cool to see an actor that like we know from action adventure movies mm -hmm. playing somebody with such like depth and complexity multiple years after his last mm -hmm. performance you know like mm -hmm. I, I just thought it, I was stunned by how amazing he was in this I'm kind of happy you said the thing earlier about him having like a traumatic yeah. kind of experience because I don't think I really knew that I uh -huh. really to be honest didn't really I need follow. To look into it more yeah I yeah. didn't really follow him like leaving acting right but like obviously it's a big deal that he's coming back to acting and so like now he's more in the press and the news yeah. and everybody's like oh my god Brendan Fraser but you can definitely tell like he himself is traumatized. has, has yeah. had trauma because yeah. otherwise how could he go from the mummy and like george of the jungle and like uh -huh. some of the movies that he was in some of the roles that he's played and 
take so much time off yeah and then come back and do this and give like the performance of a lifetime an absolutely (laughs) incredible performance Mm -hmm. and blow everybody out of the water yeah like he went somewhere to do this movie yeah like he really went somewhere and he became charlie for sure like he left the building Mm -hmm. the thing about this movie that's a hang up for a lot of reviewers and a lot of people that have seen it critics and people from the overweight community Mm -hmm. is that this movie is fat phobic Mm -hmm. and it's like base basically like a lot of people think that the representation of charlie is insensitive and almost grotesque Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it is because you and i have watched 600 pound life before Mm -hmm. but like the scenes that showed him taking care of himself didn't feel shocking to me Mm -hmm. so him taking a shower or shaving Mm -hmm. or having to get into his bed Mm -hmm. you know we've seen that show on tlc before and Mm -hmm. like if you are that size that is how you have to take care of yourself and that's how that's what their life looks like Mm -hmm. and i thought the representation of his trauma that led to his food addiction that led to his obesity was fully represented for sure fully explained Mm -hmm. and you connected to his character that way and it wasn't just like look at this fat dude you know and like let's laugh at him or let's (laughs) look how gross he is Mm -hmm. for me it was if you look at somebody with an addiction you can either look at it as, wow, look, that's gross. They're lazy. They have mm-hmm. an addiction. Or you can look at it with empathy and you can see it as somebody treating their trauma with a coping mechanism that isn't healthy for mm-hmm. them. You know, I'm not inside Darren Aronofsky's mind and I'm not inside the playwright's mind, but I would like to think that both of them were coming at it from a view of like empathy and mm-hmm. not, you know, look at this fat guy. Right. I could see where people were coming from with some of the fat phobic things. For me, I think it was more so in the scenes surrounding the food Uh where it was just trying to depict the reality of a person with a food addiction. Mm -hmm. And that's uncomfortable for people to see. Yeah. You know, and I think that feeling of like it being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. is like registering in people's brains as it being fat phobic. Yeah. And it's like, no, I don't necessarily think that it was being fat phobic. I think it was like, this is how some people actually live. Yeah. It is not pleasant to look at. (laughs) Right. I mean, I'll just say that, but it's like, I don't know. I think everything about this movie felt very intentional, to be honest. And I think it was very careful to not push the envelope too far right. into becoming fat folk. like we didn't see bed sores or like you know close-ups of mm-hmm. that and we didn't see close-ups of his mouth while he was eating no and i think it goes to i've seen a couple of things on tiktok where it's you know a overweight person doing a eating video or like a mukbang video mm-hmm. And like the comments are always like, go on a diet, like that's 400,000 calories. And then like, you'll see a skinny girl Mm -hmm. eating the same meal, filming like a mukbang. Mm -hmm. And all the comments are like, yes, girl, like you eat like a queen. Like I want to eat like that too. Like you can throw it back. And I think just the act of seeing somebody who's overweight eating, people are like, ew, gross. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the reaction to this movie is people lacking that empathy in themselves Mm -hmm. 
and like recognizing their own fat phobia and then them being like pointing the finger at the movie and being like you made me feel this way you made me think that this person is gross exactly and like i did not see it at all like that (sighs) at all no and i think that's honestly that's just a representation of who we are as a country and our culture right i mean we are kind of trying i think our generation and the generations below us are trying to undo the fat phobia that has been shoved down our throats our whole lives and so it's hard to like reinvent your brain sometimes yeah like you said recognizing your own fat phobia yeah and checking it and having the empathy to say hey this guy has just been through a lot of shit and he eats to numb his pain he eats to forget and obviously where this character is at in his life is at the most extreme case of obesity and food addiction that you could ever depict and so that's the point it's like this is the extreme Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be like that right but i think it like i said i really do think it was careful to not be like voyeuristic no and not like at, at any point did I feel like it was poking fun at or no making it like a caricature or anything I mean I think it was extremely respectful yeah in and in I its also depiction. feel like I don't know like obviously like I don't know Brendan Fraser personally but I feel like Brendan Fraser wouldn't take a role mm-hmm. that was offensive I mean he's not a skinny guy obviously no. he's not you know that size right but I, I truly don't think he would take a role if if everyone on that set or in that like casting room or script read was coming at it as a place of like, look at how disgusting Charlie is. Yeah. I just can't buy that. And all of the characters that interact with him don't treat him like that either. Right. And so if it were that kind of a thing where it was like, oh, he's the big old gross fat guy. Yeah. Like, I don't think this movie would have happened because that's not what it's about. And Mm -hmm. it's not about him being disgusting or gross or any of that. It's about him being a person. Right. With really difficult things that he has had to deal with and actively living with the most difficult thing, which is his food addiction. And I think the thing that, is represented in the movie is Sadie Sink is his daughter that he hasn't seen since she was eight years old Mm -hmm. and she's 17 now. Mm -hmm. And she comes into his life with a lot of anger, Mm -hmm. a lot. And she does make comments about his weight Mm -hmm. and she is really cruel to him, Mm -hmm. but it's not because he's fat. It's because she's mad at him for what he did to her for for leaving her life. And I feel like every character that we come across sees him as Charlie Mm -hmm. and comes to the play or the, (laughs) you know, whatever, um, you know, with their own experience with him. I just thought that it was a story more about people and their relationships and their shared trauma Mm -hmm. and how they're all working through it and how they all have problems. Mm -hmm. I will say I have small critiques. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it had a a few pacing issues. I think there was a, middle section where there wasn't much development for Sadie Singh's character Mm -hmm. and I was just kind of waiting for it to happen Mm -hmm. and so it was like instead of there being a full arc that happens across the whole film it was like she has one note for the entire movie and then her arc happens right at the end Mm. and I would have liked to see more depth from her throughout. My other criticism was also that there were a couple of 
lines or scenes that went a little into playland where mm-hmm. the the lines felt a little unnatural mm-hmm. and a little clunky and seeing a line like that delivered in a close-up mm-hmm. uh, compared to like on a stage I think having the playwright adapt it to the screen they probably should have had like it go through yeah. a couple of different writers and not mm-hmm. just him um so I think the script did have its flaws. A few of the characters weren't like fully fleshed out. Like I thought yeah. um, Sadie Sink's mother, Mary mm-hmm. is her name. I thought she wasn't really fully fleshed out. But overall, I really enjoyed this movie. And I think, like yeah. we said before, his performance in particular was really just incredible to watch some like an actor mm-hmm. take themselves into that place yeah i will agree with you about the pacing Mm -hmm. for sure i did notice that there were just a few points where it was kind of just like dragging a little bit yeah pick it up yeah (laughs) and it did feel i i I completely also agree with you about it feeling a little bit play Mm -hmm. like it was just i think it could have used a filmmaker's perspective or a screenwriter's perspective to just kind of fine-tune it a little bit which i'm not gonna lie like darren aronofsky is not the person to edit a script no. either. so if he was that's the what one I mean. that was editing that's why it, i didn't say him because he because <laughs> he is all about the melodrama mm-hmm. and he is all about you know the the big moments and the shock yeah. value and somebody you know screaming passionately on mm-hmm. screen and like there's a time and a place for that obviously right but i think those quiet moments in the middle mm-hmm could have used a little bit more development mm-hmm. and like you said like a filmmaker's touch i agree okay so popcorn that being said let's do it you know what i'm gonna give it a large um i think for me <laughs> the shock on okay. your face right now i think this was probably besides Kate Blanchett the performance of the year for me. Mm-hmm. I was again in awe of Brendan Fraser's ability to just make us get completely lost in a world and in a character mm-hmm. and this tiny little apartment on the second floor of a shitty apartment building in Idaho mm-hmm. became this very real place. Yeah with these very real people Mm -hmm. and I thought it took like we were saying before the edge off of Darren Mm -hmm. where you know he always goes for those kind of shocking disturbing moments and I thought this one really was a human story Mm -hmm. that wasn't trying to push the boundaries of anything it was just a human story about a group of people and Mm -hmm. I really I thought it was great. I was leaning towards a medium due to the trauma. (laughs) You can still give it a medium. No, but listen, so I have to give it a large Uh because A, Brendan Fraser, and B, I really do think that just collectively as a whole, the whole cast was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think the story was beautiful. Um, I think it was so real and so relatable mm-hmm. on some level to anyone, yeah. whether you've struggled with addiction or food problems or self-esteem or body image or trauma, like divorce, someone, parenting. yeah, literally anyone could relate yeah. to a piece of this movie. Yeah. To me, very stripped down for Darren yeah. Aronofsky. Yeah. And I liked that. Yeah. I felt too. like it was really genuine 
and see that's a good word for it is that i feel like a lot of his like previous work isn't genuine like it feels forced Mm -hmm. the first one i ever saw from him was requiem from for a dream Mm -hmm. and like i remember all the film bros back in the day were like this is the movie and i remember watching it and just being like this is over the top heavy like this is over the top traumatizing yeah and this one just didn't feel over the top for me and it felt very like you said genuine very genuine very heartfelt I mean, honestly, very difficult to watch, like I said earlier, but like not because it was overdone, just because it was so real. This is one that I feel like the effects are going to be lingering with me for a while. Yeah. Because it was a whole lot to process for me. I mean, we're going to process all of it. Okay. Yeah. In the spoiler section. Let's go. So I have things to say. (laughs) Beep, beep. Welcome back to the spoiler portion of the episode, aka my favorite part, Caitlin's favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get this started Mm -hmm. with talking about some of the other characters, because I know we were very Charlie heavy, which is Brendan Fraser's character. It was hard, of course, the lead. It was hard to not give spoilers away when talking about the other characters as well. There were there were some very specific things that made each character their character yeah. that you couldn't really talk about. We kind about. of just had to focus on Charlie. Yeah. So now that we don't have to do that anymore, we love Charlie. Amazing character. We've already said that. Right. So one of the most interesting characters to me was barely even a character. We didn't see his face until the end. Almost right yeah. at the end. So this is the pizza delivery who we do find out his name his name is dan Mm -hmm. charlie orders pizzas from this place i'm it looks like every night pretty much every night and the person who delivers the pizza starts talking to him Mm -hmm. and like asking if he's okay because he never answers the door never answers the door and he always leaves the money in the mailbox on the door and the delivery guy first starts out like asking is everything okay in there Mm -hmm. and he's like yes everything's fine and he's like okay then like the next day he comes back and he asks what his name is and he tells him and blah 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 yeah and so they kind of have this little almost like a friendship blossoming you know like you can tell that the pizza delivery guy is trying to connect with him Mm -hmm. and charlie seems touched by that honestly like because you can tell a lot of his dignity has been stripped of him yeah i think that makes him feel noticed and important you Mm -hmm. can tell just in how he reacts to the delivery guy asking him questions like that he's just really touched almost you know that he's asking him that I thought that was really cool. And you only see his profile, like his shadow. Mm-hmm. I re- That was one of the biggest like play things uh-huh. was seeing the, the shadow in the window for a lot of characters mm-hmm. where you could see before somebody was at the door that they were coming. Yes. And I thought that was so like interesting because yeah. I was like, of course, this was a play. Yeah, like- <laughs> it looked like a play. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought that was a really cool touch and I thought it was sweet. Now, of course, it does get a little bit sad. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, it was sweet until it wasn't. Yeah. Um. So there is one day that Dan and Charlie see each other mm-hmm. because Dan kind of waits around on the stairwell to see Charlie come out to get his pizzas and he sees him and he has kind of like 
a horrified and shocked reaction at him and kind of like runs away. I knew Dan was going to be waiting on the stairwell Uh just the way that they shot it. I was Mm -hmm. kind of expecting it to happen, but I wasn't expecting him to kind of gasp and run away. I thought that was a weird choice. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was maybe the actor or the way it was director or something, but I feel like maybe they're trying to portray... Dan's embarrassment of being caught kind of waiting and watching Mm -hmm. and like maybe he feels like shame and embarrassment of like oh my god like why am I standing here waiting to see this guy like yeah he's a person like why am I doing this to him yeah because I mean I think we've all had the experience of like your gaze lingering a little too long Mm -hmm. on somebody and then that person making eye contact with you and the immediate feeling you have yeah. is embarrassment. <laughs> like, wow, yeah. I feel shitty for doing that. Yeah. And we've all done it. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was... Maybe so. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes more sense to me than him gasping like a little girl. Like, oh my God, he's so fat. And then right. running away. <laughs> like, <laughs> that just didn't check out for yeah, me. And uh, I didn't think that that was like a no, good moment. Maybe that's know. it. Maybe he was just embarrassed at himself. Yeah. For like hovering around a creep on this guy. Right. And be like oh fuck I just ruined it like Mm -hmm. we had this like nice little friendship kind of thing going and then now I'm a weirdo standing here watching him I know we were saying before about the other characters and how they treat Charlie and I think that we both really liked Hung Chow's performance Mm -hmm. of Liz who we find out is not just like a paid nurse Mm -hmm. or you know a, a medical assistant she is Charlie's former partner's sister the reason why charlie left his family was because he is gay and he Mm -hmm. fell in love with a former student Mm -hmm. and that former student because of his struggle with his christianity Mm -hmm. and his religious trauma eventually killed himself Mm -hmm. and so that is the reason for charlie's weight Mm -hmm. and also the kind of trauma bond between Liz and Charlie mm-hmm. is very palpable and yeah. very easy to connect with. Yeah. And before you even know that Alan was Liz's brother, you felt like there was a connection there that was way deeper than mm-hmm. her just stopping just like by to check in on that him. checks on him. Yeah. That being said, I think the the biggest theme outside of sort of the redemption arc between Charlie and his daughter mm-hmm was religious trauma Mm -hmm. and i mean (laughs) sure as hell (laughs) both of us can relate to that yikes um so seeing a movie really dive i mean like deep dive Mm -hmm. into the effects of religious trauma and the effects of religion for queer people in general Mm -hmm. and how confusing and traumatizing and horrific of an experience it can be growing Mm -hmm. up queer of any kind in the christian (laughs) culture Mm -hmm. and and the church right and i think their way of unpacking that and showing how people use religion either to hide from their trauma Mm -hmm. which the missionary, the boy that comes to Charlie's door, right. you know, he is represented as the person that instead of facing his own flaws, mm-hmm. he thinks that as long as he is converting other people to Christianity, he doesn't have to face himself. 
Right. He's just going to be one of those people that hides in religion. Mm -hmm. And as long as he makes mommy and daddy happy and he's saving souls, then he's 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 okay. okay. And nothing else matters. Yep. Nothing else. No consequences for any of your actions. Nope. Because the biggest consequence of all is getting to heaven. Yep. (laughs) So as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do to get to heaven, the rest of it, just whatever. Yeah. One of the most impactful moments was when he confronts Thomas about his sexuality. Mm. And he had just had a binge Mm -hmm. and was, you know, physically sick from this binge. And we had just seen him eat, you know, a lot. And... Thomas comes in the room, which, by the way, the doubting Thomas nod was quite uh-huh. on the nose right. on that one. <laughs> but Thomas comes in and like we had just seen this scene really, truly exposing Charlie's darkest moment and how he turns to binge eating mm-hmm. as his coping mechanism. And Charlie and Thomas's relationship comes to a head. And the thing that Thomas is disgusted by is not that. Charlie is 600 pounds it's Mm -hmm. that he's gay Mm -hmm. and when he's talking to him about this bible verse about living for the flesh and of the flesh Mm -hmm. and all that he's not even talking about his weight nope he's literally talking Talking about about being gay gay. Mm -hmm. and so for this moment Charlie I think says are you disgusted by me Mm -hmm. and Thomas like screams like yes I am Mm -hmm. he is truly just honestly disgusted by the fact that charlie is gay yeah because charlie starts like telling him like intimate things Uh about him and alan and like he's having like a physical like repulsed reaction yeah and so he's not reacting to him because of what he looks like and how he appears yeah like he's reacting that way because he's sharing details about his life with his partner yeah and it's like you said we of course can relate to that because we know as well as anyone like religious people in our life who have turned us away so to speak Mm -hmm. because we're queer and it's like that's the one thing that you just can't do yeah that's the one thing you cannot get over we'll never understand it yeah to be honest but it was very real depiction of Mm -hmm. that I felt like and I thought too is that going back to everybody's experience with Charlie not being about his weight the redemption arc between Brendan Fraser's character and Sadie Sink was probably the one thing that like if I had the opportunity to edit the script Mm -hmm. I would have done a little bit differently Sadie Sink her character Ellie was borderline unredeemable Mm -hmm. you know yeah you know she basically brendan frazier is begging for her forgiveness Mm -hmm. and and for his redemption and you know he knows he's dying and so he's like i really just need my daughter to forgive to forgive me and she was so absolutely horrific to Mm -hmm. him to every person and I wished, I wished that they had just given us a little hint of the hurt, suffering child and not just given us like a psychopath. an hour and 30 minutes of a psychopath. Right. And then expected us to believe that she would. She's going to figure it out. And yeah. Be okay. Which in the last 10 minutes of the movie, you know, she's they're witnessing him dying mm-hmm. and you can tell that she's like scared that he's dying and right. like. You know, I think she calls him daddy Mm -hmm. at one point. 
And I was like, that would be such a beautiful moment if you saw little glimpses of that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be like this huge turnaround or this huge heartwarming story of right. like them getting to know each other and having cute little scenes. Right. But I wish that they had just given us small pieces of a glimpse into her redemption mm-hmm. because it's every single person in that entire cast was having their own redemption arc. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just Charlie. And every single one of them had a believable arc mm-hmm. and experience and character. And for some reason, Ellie's character just was not it. No. I don't know if maybe like the writer hasn't had a teenage girl in his life because it <laughs> felt very like, yeah, whew, like hefty. Like mm-hmm. it was a little like too troubled. Yes. Like it was like, yeah. okay, like, hello, I work with teenagers every day and yeah. I know that they can be really shitty. But at the end of the, the day, even the shittiest kid has like a piece of something about them. That I'm like, but he's this or but she's that. And it's like, yeah, that's what was missing. And honestly, I think that's why at the end of the movie, like I didn't cry and I didn't mm-hmm. feel very emotional because she was so heartless. Yeah. And that's what was missing for me yep was her having any inkling of a heart right like that we didn't get that <laughs> which like even the mom was like dude she's evil yeah like, like the mom's her like, own no, mother like, was she's like no fucked. she's 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 evil and like he was just like she's great she's amazing she's the most yeah. wonderful person because he was just like trying i think to trying to convince himself, himself yeah. of that because he missed out on her whole life and now he's dying yeah. and so he's just like trying to just kind of put rose colored glasses on and just be like she's cool like she's the best person ever and it's just like bro like she might be a sociopath though yeah which that kind of rounds everything out with the reason why this movie is called the whale is not calling him a whale which i was very relieved yeah (laughs) because i was like not the whale i know which i mean maybe that is Part of, part of I, I didn't write it but right. I'm gonna hope that the writer didn't mean it that way the reason that it's called the whale is because throughout the movie every time Charlie is having an episode with his heart um, because he has congestive heart failure mm-hmm. when he has pain and he thinks he's about to die he either reads or he asks somebody to read mm-hmm. an essay that is clearly written by a child mm-hmm. and is about Moby Dick mm-hmm. And we get to the end of the movie and obviously we find out that it was something that his daughter wrote. Yeah. And I think what you were saying about those like rose colored glasses is like that is the person that he's had in his head is this this girl that, you know, he keeps saying it's the best essay he's ever read, which obviously Mm -hmm. he's an English teacher. So that's high praise. Right. right. But the reason why he loves it is because it's honest and it's... Mm -hmm how somebody actually felt about the book and he talks all the time to his own students about give me your truth don't just give me the answer that you think I want right the contrast of having him tell every person in his life his students Liz his daughter that he wants them to be true to themselves and to be honest Mm -hmm. and vulnerable and then he himself is hiding in his apartment and right you know won't turn his camera on for his students and all that and I thought that was a really beautiful representation of somebody who was still finding the good in other people and in life while clearly suffering and feeling terrible 
about themselves, which I think is a very relatable (laughs) feeling for a lot of people. For sure. And I think that was depicted really well, honestly. And I think that was like, if anything, that was like the one sweet thing about Uh the relationship that we did have was like her essay. And like he kept it in a little page protector. It was really sweet. I did cry. Which, like, that's hilarious that I did and I you know. didn't because I am not the crier. I'm this, telling you, I was, I'm telling you, I was disassociating. Yeah. Like, I was actively checking out. You said, ah, uh, trauma. I said too much trauma for one night. <laughs> Thank you. As we're, like, going through the spoiler section, I'm a little bit, like, annoyed with myself that I gave it a large because of the really, the Sadie mm. Sink problem. I think it is a big enough problem that it probably does warrant a medium now that I'm thinking oh, about no. it. But you know what? I'm I'm still, I'm sticking to large just because of Brendan Freeman. Yeah, we have to keep it large for Brendan. that does it for us uh we are going to be back next week with another episode it'll be another at home episode because mm-hmm. we're going to review glass onion a knives out story Woo! which we're very excited about because so we love excited. knives out loved it loved it loved it <laughs> <laughs> So we'll be back next week. Most importantly, we just want to wish anybody who celebrates Christmas a very Merry Christmas. Yes. Enjoy any downtime that you guys have. Hopefully you have some time off of work. You can just relax and watch some little movies, maybe. Yeah, we hope so. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. And thanks for joining us on the ride home. Bye.